people that God has selected for this time. And as I said last week, you know, you've got to get your head around it. Go and read Neville Johnson's um, article that he's done on The Finest Hour. Uh, read what he's saying about this whole thing about that you, were, you decided to come down at this time before the foundations of the world were ever formed. And Yusef and I were just having a conversation last week about this. You picked to come down at this time. And he has saved his best wine to last, which is you and me. Why? Because it's going to be at the darkest. The darkest. Can you, can you imagine how dark this is now as a Christian man and woman? How dark it is in the world. Well, they think we're loopy-loo because we believe in a risen Christ. No, he's alive. He's alive. It says, those who do wickedly against the covenant, he shall corrupt with flattery. This is talking about the Antichrist. But the people who know their God shall be strong and carry out great exploits. That's talking about us. There's an army of people out there that will, who know Jesus, who know their God, who are in love with their God, will carry out great exploits when the Holy Spirit comes on them with power and authority. This is what's coming. The church have never been this way before. It's the power of the age to come, and it's coming to you and me. And this, I'm ready. I'm ready for it, because it's coming. It's here. It's already coming. I can see the wave of this coming at us. And all we've got to do is position ourselves to get swept up in that wave of this next move of God. It is going to be huge. I totally changed the message that I thought I was going to bring. Because I want you to see this. We're, we're in it. We're on the brink of it. And my job is, is to position you. So when this hits, we will be mothers and fathers to a generation that don't know mothers and fathers. And I'm talking to you. You know, you will be sent to another church that wants to fire, wants what you, we will, what's coming to us. And it won't be me and Heidi. It'd be you lot going out. It'd be you sitting in your house having 50 people and teaching them the word of God, how to love and love him well. That he becomes your one and only love. And you will have a group of people, old, young, middle-aged, that will be hungry. And no more will they be looking at their watches thinking, oh, he's going on for an hour. That's a bit too long. They'll be pestering you to go on all through the night. All through the night. Folks, this is coming to us. And we know that the feasts of God, when it says, speak to the children of Israel, this is Leviticus 23, verses 1, the feasts of the Lord, which I shall proclaim, to be holy convocations. These are my feasts. These are the Lord's feasts. And we're in the feast of Passover. And then we've got the Feast of Unleavened Bread, the Feast of First Fruits, the Feast of Pentecost, the Feast of Trumpets, the Day of Atonement, and then we have the Feast of Tabernacle. Now, we know that there's been a fulfillment of the Passover, which his name is Jesus. He's fulfilled that. We know there's been a partial fulfillment of Pentecost, but not the fullness of Pentecost. We know there's also First Fruits. God always has a remnant people in the side wings. Remember Elijah? When he's having the pity party, oh, pity on me, it's only me having to go up against. And what does the Lord say? No, Elijah, I've got 7,000 just like you hidden away for this time. You have been hidden for this time. This church has never, ever been allowed to grow over 50. Never. Why? Because it's going to be a perfect number. Because he wants you. We don't want a mega church. We want people who are just in love with Jesus. 
who are absolutely willing to speak the truth no matter what the cost, but the cost is going to be high. The cost is going to be high. But I love this. Feast means moed. It's times of appointment, appointed times. Let me tell you, we are in appointed time of Christ now. We are in a perfect appointed time. For what? Then the next one is holy convocations, which is mikra, which means dress rehearsals. Folks, we have appointed this time to fulfill most of these feasts. But there will be a first fruit. And then there will be a second and a third, and a fourth, till every tongue, every nation, every living person has heard the gospel. That's what it says. It says in the word, it says that every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. Every tongue. That means this world will be reached with this good news of the gospel, of the kingdom. Not of church, of the kingdom. And I think Notre Dame also symbolizes that this is a new time of a new church where it is not about the church, it's about the kingdom. You can't burn the kingdom. You can burn the church, but you can't burn the kingdom. And this kingdom will be established on earth as it is in heaven by his people, you and me. That must excite you. That's what it's about. Come on, let's get excited. Look at our praise and worship. I'm saying no... Turn up the volume. I mean, it's awesome. The presence of God in our worship has been turned up a hundredfold. But I'm saying turn it up more. I'm, I'm telling you now, there aren't going to be people sat down. Everybody's going to be on their, out of their seats. <gasps> Throwing away and getting their strength renewed. Isn't it incredible? But you know, it says, let there be lights in Genesis 1. Verse 14, God said, let there be light in the firmament of the heavens to divide the day from the night and let them be forth signs and seasons. That means, the old, that word sign in Hebrew mean, means that God is sending us signals. And if we are not recognizing the signs and the season that we're in now, we're going to miss it. Because folks, he's about to pour out his new wine and it won't be in all the wineskins not the old way of doing things. It's going to be a new way. He's going to be in control. He is going to be in charge. He is going to be directing us. But we must have ears to hear. We must have eyes to see. And we've got to start seeing the spirit realm. One thing I ask of the Lord, this is what I seek. Why? So I can love him face to face. If I was just to do this on Skype with my wife Heidi, say, God, Jesus, I, I mean, Heidi, I love you. And only do it on Skype. That's not enough. I want face to face. I want contact. And he is wanting this more than you do. How many people want this? I had, I was, I had a conversation with Bobby Connor this week in the spirit. I had a conversation with Bobby Connor. I can't tell you. You know, we spoke. And, it's, and I said to Heidi, it just seemed like we spoke for hours, face to face. It was clear as a bell. So, you know, I've, I emailed Bobby Connor a few weeks ago. Or a few days ago, so I should say. But I had a. But, and one of the things we've got to do is discern the times. We've got to be discerning the times. Because we are living, living in biblical prophecy. We are living it. And do you know what? We will create it. Oh, that's exciting. We will create biblical prophecy. No, no, no. We, we, we will fulfill it. We, we will do things like we would do John 14, the greater works. It's never been done. We've had glimpses of it, 
But I'm telling you, we're on the wave of a new move of God that is going to sweep us. And I'll tell you, Joe, you'll be in your school, and that's probably the, your pulpit. You're going to reach more people in your school and classrooms than you, any mammal from the pulpit will. This is coming. This is coming. You go into your workplace, and you, have, you study people like Finney, where people literally fell under the fear of the Lord. You go into a factory and, or, your, or a workplace and people will fall under the fear of the Lord. This anointing is coming, folks. It is here. We're on the brink of it. I said I'm not going to uh, um, Israel in June because I feel I've got to be here because I feel that we're on the, we're on the, the break of this. We're on the cusp of it. And I don't want to, be, I don't want to miss it. So I want to be here. I'm telling you, it's coming. So, in Luke 12, it says, discern the times. Whenever you see a cloud rising in the west, out of the west, immediately you say, ah, shower's coming, and so it is. So when you see the south wind blow, you say, ah, there must be hot weather. And there it is. Hypocrites, you can discern the face of the sky and of the earth, but how is it that you do not concern, discern the time? See, God is sending us and has been over these last few years back in 2015 and 16 with the blood moons. You know, can you remember the blood moons? I mean, that's probably a past subject, but it's still at the forefront of of me. The blood moons, when it happened when? Passover, tabernacle. Had the same thing in 1967-68. Blood moons on the Feast of Passover and the Feast of Tabernacle. We were out in the woods. Did anyone see it? The crimson moon? The pink moon, well, they said pink or crimson moon. The pink moon, we, we were out in the middle. When was that? <gasps> Friday evening. Eve of Passover. And we, I've got photographs on my phone. I said, oh, look at that. There's the pink moon. And what do we speak about? Crimson. The crimson worm. It's all tied together. You see how God is sending us signals? It's all about the blood. It's going to be about Jesus. And Jesus will have a body of people that he will be glorified in. That's what Jesus said, I've I've come to glorify the Father. And this is what's coming to us. I'm telling you now. There'll be signs in the sun and the moon and the stars and on the earth. This is Matthew 21. And distress of the nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring, man's hearts failing them from fear but those who dwell in the secret place of the Most High and abide in the shadow of the Almighty shall find comfort, protection, and refuge. He will look after us. He will look after that. I I had an experience here when we were having the prayer where the Lord came to me, and he gave me a message, a message that I've been asking the Lord. I've been saying, Lord, you know, I give my body to you. I'm a living sacrifice. You do whatever you want. If I'm going to be martyred, well, guess what? I will reign with you for a thousand years. But Lord, you know, I'm, I don't want to see my wife. I don't want to see my son having to follow that. And I'm not, you know, getting on this whole fear thing. But the Lord came to me. Remember when the spirit of Elijah, Elijah came on that prayer meeting? Right, you can believe it or not, but I saw him. And the Lord came up to me and he says, you will live and not die. It was a beautiful word of comfort you shall live and not die so I know I'm going to go through it and we're going to be in it but we're going to be the light that shines the brightest 
than all of the church ages together. And I'll bring through scripture to confirm that. On that day I will rise up. This is Amos 9 verses 1 to 12. On that day I will rise up the tabernacle of who? Moses. Oh no, it's not the tabernacle of Moses. It's the tabernacle of David. It's the tabernacle of David. So what does that mean to us today? Uh, Listen to this. And repair its damages. I will raise up its ruins and rebuild it as in the days of old, that they may possess the remnant of Edom. And all the Gentiles who are called by my name, says the Lord, who does this thing. He's speaking, this is Amos speaking about a generation of Gentiles. Can you remember in the book of um, Acts, I think uh, when, uh, back Acts 15, when. Um, James, who was the most orthodox of Jews, he was said he was the, well, he was a, a high Jew. And there was a problem happening in the council of Jerusalem where they had the, the, all the, the apostles meeting and they're saying, well, well hang on a sec, this, this gospel now, we're getting all these Gentiles coming in. We're getting all these, what, what, what do we do with all these Gentiles that are coming in? And, and, and it's offending some of the Jews, the apostles. And so what James does, he says he starts quoting a mishmash of Old Testament verses in Acts 15. And he quotes from Amos. He said, hang on a sec, the prophet Amos said that this is coming. And it's going to be on all the Gentiles. So we know that in the last days, the tabernacle of David will be raised up for a remnant that is in Israel, but also us, you and me. So we have to, have to understand And then Isaiah 16, verse 7, And the mercy of the throne will be established, and the one who sits on it in truth, in the tabernacle of David. Again it is, talking about this. And then in Acts 15, 15, And to this agreeing the words of the prophets, as it is written, After this I will return, and I will build again the tabernacle of David, which has fallen down. I will build it again from the ruins thereof, and I will set it up. You see, folks, there's a massive harvest about to come in. There is a harvest of harvests that is about to come in. And Amos tells us that later on in the verses. He tells us that this harvest is coming. And you've got to understand what David was doing in that time. David was taking ground like there has been no other king in Israel taking ground. He was taking and conquering ground and army after army after army. And they increased their kingdom. I believe that when the tabernacle of David is going to be lifted up again, we're going to start taking ground. We're going to start taking on the enemy and defeating them. I'm telling you, this is coming. This is coming. We're going to start taking ground. We're going to start taking back our schools for Jesus, where they have an assembly, where the name of Jesus is allowed to be mentioned. We're going to be allowed to start in the NHS with a word of prayer before an operation in the name of Jesus direct my hand. We're going to have all of this. We're going to take back ground. We're going to start saying the sanctification of marriage between a man and a woman. We've got to speak the truth. Anyway, I won't. But here's, see, in 1 Chronicles 14, this is what's coming to us. So David's fame spread throughout the land and the Lord made all the nations fear him. Wouldn't you like to walk into a nation and the nation fear you? As it was with David? 
the spirit of David, the, the tabernacle of David is going to be there. But here it is, folks. What made David so special? What made him so special? I'll tell you, in my own simple way. He had this anointing before Samuel came and anointed his head with oil. He had this anointing because he used to sit out with his sheep out in the middle of nowhere. Remember when the bear came and he, he killed that? And when the lion came, he killed that? Why? Because he used to sing to his sheep praises and songs of worship to the king of kings. He already had the Lord's attention. So what you do in your quiet place, out in the middle of nowhere, in your wilderness, the Lord hears. And he will promote you. He will promote you into this in front of a lot of people. What you do in the secret place of the Most High is of utmost importance. <coughs> Excuse me. But this is what we're going to see more of. That the kingdom will be established, how? Through prayer and worship. Prayer and worship. That was what David was a fighting man. But look at him, what he did. We... You see, in David's time, there was no temple. So David talks about worship and his prayer, and he's not talking so much about the formal riches and the ceremonies. He did it with worship and prayer. Everything was done with worship and prayer. We read in 2 Samuel 6, verse 16. Now, this is when David is carrying the ark back. Can you remember the poor bloke when they, when they put the ark of the covenant on the, the cart? Yep, and the guy steadied it. And then he died. Would well, you know why he died? Because the ark was never meant to be put onto a cart. It was meant to be carried. And they got it wrong. Because we, what does that symbolise? We're going to carry the glory of the Lord. We're going to carry his presence. Doesn't that excite you? You're going to be a carrier of his glory. You're going to be a carrier of the Lord Jesus Christ. And wherever you go, this glory is going to come with you. We don't have a cabod up there for, in cabod glory. This is it. And this is what David repented of. He suddenly realized, no, the Levites, I've got to get the Levites to carry the ark in. And where did he carry it? Well, it tells us in 2 Samuel 6, the ark of the Lord came into the city of David because Jerusalem hadn't been built. But it came into the city of David, and look what David did. I don't know how to pronounce it, Michelle, Michal, Saul's daughter, looked through the window and saw King David leaping and whirling before the Lord, and she despised him in her heart. So they bought the ark of the Lord and set it in its place in the midst of the tabernacle of David had erected for it. So where did David erect the tabernacle? The tent. Just, he brought it into the city of David. That's going to tell us something. That's, I think the Lord is telling us where this third temple is going to be built. It's going to be built in the city of David. That's where it originally was built. Isn't that right? That's what I believe. I believe we're going to see the third temple going to go up and it's going to be in the city of David. I think the Bible is trying to tell us about that. But he set it on a, on a high hill over the city. And they carried it in. And can you remember that guy? I can never pronounce his name. Obedidim. Can you remember him? You know, how from when they got the art back that you know, he was promoted to play 
the harp and the trumpet. He was a musician. He wasn't. He just wanted to be in the presence. And then they said, you know what? Um, I'll, I'll, I'll get some, some gatekeepers. Obededom was there, being a, cake, a, a gatekeeper. You know, and then suddenly, oh, oh, where are we going to put it whilst we, get, we erect the tent? Obedidum, we're going to bring it to your house. So where was he? Sweeping outside, in just outside the presence. He wanted to be so close to the presence of God, he would do anything to get there. Are you prepared to do anything to be in the presence of God? Because Obedidums are arising. To be in that presence. And then it said when they brought the ark out and they put it into the tent, they said, Obedidum, your household will be blessed. Well, I bet it is. But Obedidum, where, where do you find Obedidum? In the tent. In the tent. It's gone out of his house and now he's at the tent. I want the presence. Because that is saying to us today, there is a body of people that want the presence. It's no good about just coming along and putting bums in seats. That is just... I'm not about bums and seats. In fact, I'll try and persuade people not to come. I'll make it hard for you to stay. I will. I do. It's true. But you see, David was not just... He was not only a man in private, you know, that he would just love on the Lord. He just loved and worshipped and loved him. And that worship brought grace down. As, as David worshipped, grace came. As David sung his songs, grace came. Because you look at David's life, and yet God says in the word that his heart was like a, a heart after his own heart. That's David who had murdered somebody and, you know... But he, his worship brought grace down. You know, he played the harp for Saul when he was being, you know, oppressed by demons. And the, and the demons had to leave. They calmed him down. We're going to go into prisons and the presence of God is going to be with us. And everything's going to be all right. Everything's going to be all right. I'm... So in 1 Chronicles 16, it's verse 1. So they bought the ark of God and set it in the midst of the tabernacle that David had erected it. And then it says in verses 7 and 8, And on that day, David first delivered this psalm into the hand of Asher and his brethren to thank the Lord. Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the peoples. When I read that, I thought, oh, the peoples. It's not just talking about the Jews. It's the peoples. So David is to Asher. Remember Asher? He wrote Psalm 83. You know, and uh, 10 other Psalms. Or 50, 10 other Psalms, yeah. But Asher was, one, was, worship, was the... Asher, 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 Asaph. He, he was David's worship leader. And so when he, they opened up the tabernacle, they opened it up with what? Prayer and worship. He handed her over to the worship leader. Go on then, you give thanks. We're going to give thanks to God, our, you know, our Father in heaven. We're going to give thanks to him. And it opened up with prayer and worship. This is coming to us. It is already on us. We're already into it. We're going to be into our 11th or 12th week of praying every... Yes, we're into it. Can you see what's happening? That through our prayer, through our intercession, the glory of God, that crest of the wave is coming. It's bringing it in. It's coming. It's on its way. I'm telling you now, it is on its way. This is going to sweep us up. 
in bushfire. And all of the hay and the stubble, thank God, will be burnt. Will be burnt. Don't you want that? You don't want the snares of the foxes to snare you up and wrap you up. But here, his wonders among his people. Behold, the days are coming in Amos 9, verse 13 to 15. Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when the plowman shall overtake the reaper and the treader of grapes who sows seed. And the mountains shall drip with sweet wine that all the hills shall flow with it. Folks, do you understand what's happening? That everything that's been sown, we're going to reap. We're going to overtake the sowers. It's going to be huge and monumental that when we raise up and have the, David, the tabernacle of David rise, raised up over us through prayer and our intercession and our worship, oh my word, we're not going to be able to cope. We're going to have multitudes of people coming in and getting saved multitudes of people this is on the we're on the brink of it i'm telling you get your surfboard out this wave is about to hit us and we're going to catch the perfect wave the perfect we've never we've never been this way before joshua 3 verse 5 consecrate yourselves set yourselves apart because you've never ever been this way before you're going to be like paul and peter doing amazing miracles signs and wonders but your character, is what I said last week, your character will stack up to the anointing upon your life. You will have the fruits of the Spirit flowing out of you. That will enable the flooding in of the signs and wonders because you will be doing about one thing. You'll be about the Father's business. I want to be about the Father's business. So arise and shine. For your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth, and deep darkness the people, but the Lord will arise over you, and his glory shall be seen upon you, and the Gentiles shall come to your light, and the kings to your brightness and to your rising. Let me tell you, that's never been fulfilled. That prophecy has never been fulfilled where a group of people will have the light of God on them so much that every Gentile that sees that light will come to you. <gasps> what have you got? <gasps> Tell me about what's why, why, is, why is your house still standing when all the other ones are dead? I'm down. The earthquakes hit this. Your, your house is the only one standing. What's so special about <gasps> There's something about you. Tell me, what have you got? And you'll give them the gospel. And they in their whole house will come to the Lord. Folks, we're, we're, we're going to be swamped by this. And we have to start preparing our hearts and our minds for when this happens. M- Matthew 13, we've got it here. Then the righteous shall fi- shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their father. Not the church of their father, the kingdom of their father. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Let your will be done, Lord, on earth as it already is in heaven. That's the kingdom. That's the kingdom. Let your will be done, Father, on earth as it is in heaven. Help us to establish your will on earth. That's the kingdom. So is it right for people to be sick? (coughs) Is that the kingdom? Is it right for people to be oppressed by demonic influences? No. 
I'm telling you, when this fire and this wave sweeps us, it will sweep all of your hidden secrets, your hidden sins. The one that you're going, oh, Lord, not again. Burn it out of me, Lord. How many people have that? Burn this one out of me. Lord, why did I lose my temper there? Burn it out of me, Lord. Lord, why did I say that? Burn it out of me, Lord. It's coming. And I believe Notre Dame is a sign of that. Where only the, the, the bare bones, the structure, the solid will remain. In Isaiah 30, it says this. I love this. I love this. I, when I found this, and I want you to turn, with, turn to Isaiah 30, verse 25. I want you to see this for yourselves through the word of God. You must see it. You must study this, meditate on it, because this is coming. Isaiah 30, verse 25. It's, it, it's what, when, when I was in my, my quiet time, my place with the Lord, and the Lord started unfolding and unpacking this verse to me uh, many years ago. Many years ago, back in 2005, the Lord came to me and showed me this verse. And it's never, ever left me. It says here, There will be on every high mountain and every high hill. Where was the tabernacle of David put? On a high mountain. Yes? Rivers and streams of what? Water. Living water. The Lord Jesus, whoever drinks of me will never thirst. This is living water. Will be poured out in the great day of the great slaughter when the towers fell. When did the towers fall? 9-11. I believe prophetically 9-11 was, was in capturing this verse. 9-11, when the towers, the great day of slaughter came, when the towers fall. Moreover, look what happens now. The light of the moon will be as light of the sun. The moon is talking about his people, us. We will have so much of the light of the S-O-N, Jesus. Look what happens. And the light of the sun will be sevenfold. It's speaking about the seven church ages. There is us in this church age will shine seven times brighter than all of the other church ages. I don't want to go back to the Acts of the Apostles. We're going to shine seven times greater than them. Don't you want that? See 5,000 come in one day? Well, seven times five. 35, 35,000 in one day. Yes, it's coming. It's coming. This is coming. We're the light of the sevenfold church that's going to be shining brighter in our church age than any other church age. Are you with me in this? So listen to this. The light of the sun will be sevenfold as the light of seven days. We're in the seventh day. The sixth day has finished. We're into the seventh day. As Bruce Allen says, good morning. Because we're into the seventh day. The six thousand year day has finished. We're now moving into the seventh. The thousand year reign of Christ will start now. We're ushering it in. We're going to usher it in. When the Lord comes, boom. But we will usher it in. Those who have prepared themselves, who have set themselves apart, who have said, Lord, here I am. The five wise virgins who have kept the oil. What is the oil? It's not your ministry. It's your love for him that will keep us burning. It's your love. It's where your ministry diminishes into nothing. But it's your love for him that will keep that light burning. The seven foolish, 
they allow their ministries to become the main thing. Never allow ministry to overrun and overrank establishing the kingdom. And the day of the Lord that will bind up the bruises of his peoples and heals the stroke of their wound. You are going to see a healing revival that you have never, ever, ever seen before. You, I've studied healing revivals. I've studied every healing revivalist or woman, man or woman. I've studied them all. Alexandra Dowie, um, I, I, uh, John G. Lake, uh, William Branham, I've, you know, Smith Wigglesworth. I've studied them. Catherine Coleman. I've studied these people. Read some of the stories. When Catherine Coleman walked into the studio to do a telephone, a tele- TV uh, broadcast, the technicians would say, the woman's in the room. She's come in the building because all of their equipment used to go malfunction. She, she used to go from a hotel room to, the, to a, um, a studio and she, the only way she could get there without the people, throughout, through the people, was to go through the kitchen that linked the two together. She passed through the kitchen and every person in that kitchen, doom, out of the spirit. William Branham, you know, I've, I've, done, I've studied that man's life. Oh, my word. T.L. Osborne. Look and study what they did. But this is coming to us in a greater capacity for those that are undone, for those who have made themselves ready, for those that have said, Lord, I haven't got the greatest voice, but I tell you what, I've got you, and that's good enough for me. I haven't got the greatest ministry. In fact, I haven't got a ministry. Well, we haven't. We're about the Lord's business. I'm about the King's work. Look at Jesus' baptism. When the spirit of the dove, it's the Holy Spirit in, the, in, the, in the, the shape of the dove, descends from heaven, comes into Jesus. He has the fullness of the spirit in him. Yes. And then what does God say to him? This is my son in whom I am well pleased to dwell in. Jesus says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. This is what the Feast of Tabernacle is all about. It's where God will have a people where he will dwell in. Because God is not coming back for a people, he's coming to a people. And that too is you and me. This is the sevenfold spirit of God of Isaiah 11. Where you will have the fullness of the spirit. You won't have a word of knowledge, you'll have the spirit of all knowledge. You won't have just a little bit of understanding, you have a spirit of all understanding. You won't have a little bit of power, you'll have all power. You'll have not just a a word of revelation, you have a spirit of all revelation. This is coming to us. We will have the fullness of him in us. And we need it. If ever the church age has ever needed it, it is now. Because the church has made a mockery of what the gospel is about. They've made it more about church and putting bums in seats than they have about shouting out the rooftops. How have we allowed this society to go down to such a level? It's in the gutter. Because the church has been quiet. How on earth have we got priests marrying gay couples in church? That is an abomination to the Lord because the church has been quiet. But you know what? I haven't got a problem with a gay person or you know, a homosexual. I haven't got a problem with them. If they want to do that, God says that he's given them over to their sin. That's what the word says in Romans. He's given over to their sin. They can do it behind closed doors, but I will tell them, one day you'll be judged. One day you'll be judged, and they'll hate me for it. One day you will be judged, just as a, a man who is having an extramarital affair will be judged. 
when, if that is not confessed, as they stand before the Lord, as we all will stand before the Lord. But we've got to tell them the truth. We've got to tell them the truth, and we're going to be hated for it. Are you ready to be hated for the kingdom? I've, I've had people walk out of this church. Colleagues from my work came as Christians. And I said, I don't believe in gay marriage. And, and the woman gets up, she's absolutely, <gasps> I want to rip his head off. She was livid and walked out of this building and just wouldn't come back in. And the guy that works at Bradfield School, you know, went out and, and then he came to me later and he said, I'm sorry, but we won't come back. And I said, blessing to you, but I'm not going to retract on what I believe in. I'm not pulling it back just to tickle your ear. If she wants to come and have a word with me, come and have a word with me. And I'll take her, I'll take her through the Bible, where the Bible's doesn't lie. The word is in there. Look. So when's this going to happen? It's happening. It says, I will bring back the captives of my people. This is Amos in verse 14. I will bring back the captives of my people, Israel. They shall build the waste cities and inhabit them. They shall plant vineyards and drink wine from them. They shall make gardens and eat the fruit of them. I will plant them in their land. And no longer shall they be pulled up from the land that I have given them, says the Lord your God. We are now living in that prophecy. Where the people of Israel, that when the disbursement went on from AD 70, they're now back in Israel. They are living through the products of hard labor. Israel is the only place in the Middle East that is productive and has made green out of desert. They are the only Middle East people that have cultivated water where there isn't water. They are the only people now where most of the, exper- of the new um, things coming into the modern world are created by scientists and gifted entrepreneurs out of Israel. God is blessing them in their land and we're living in this time that when this happens, the tabernacle of David will be raised up. We're living in it. We're living in it now. We're living in it. And here it is, folks. In Matthew 24, and we preached on this, now as he sat at the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him private saying, tell us when these things will be and what will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age. Two questions. What's the signs of the end of the age and, the, and your second coming? And we see this in Matthew 24 and the way he answers it. He says, now learn this from the fig tree. When its branches are already become tender and put forth leaves, you know that summer is near. So that you also, when you see these things, know that it is near. What's the it? His return. It is his return. He's answering the question. At the doors, assuredly I say to you, this generation will by no means pass away until these things take place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. The fig tree represents Israel. Represents Israel. I haven't got time to go into it, but that is representing Israel. So when we see Israel come back into their land, they plant and their tender branches go forth producing fruit, this generation, us, us, 1948, they came back to their homeland. And they have been in their homeland. They are surrounded by over 200 million hostile nations that want to sweep them into the seas and kill every Jew, man, woman, child. Oh, you can't believe what is out there. But this generation will by no means pass away. That's you and me. We will see the Lord's return. 
We are that generation that will see the Lord's return. When the tabernacle of David, through prayer and worship, is established, not just prayer and worship, where our hearts are torn open and we have said, Lord, come into me, we will take back land. Just as David did. Do you think that God is going to come back when our backs are against the wall? What brings the Antichrist onto the stage? Revival. That's what's going to bring the Antichrist out of the wings. He's there, he's prepared. That's what brings him into this, to stop this revival because it's going to sweep in a generation and generations. And let me tell you something. I want to say this to you. Please listen to me. And most of this will be done by 50s and plus as well as. This is not for the young people. It's not only, everyone says, oh, it's going to be for the young generation. No, God has got you here prepared for this. And most of us, if we did all of our ages... I mean, some look fantastic. Maura, I'll have your anointing. Absolutely. Folks, because why? We've been through the fire and we've come through it. We've been through the fire. God, you stand up here sometimes. You know know you've got fire. But I'm telling you now, it's because we're tried and tested. We've had, how many people have been clipped by the Lord? Praise the Lord. He's clipped us. He's been taking off stuff that isn't growing. Why? Because folks, it's our characters. As I said last week, it's about our characters matching up to the anointing and the authority and power of the Lord that is going to come and tabernacle in us. They will not see us. They'll see him. I want them to see Jesus. Tell me about Jesus. Well, you're seeing him. We're ambassadors. We're sons of the living God. We are just slightly lower than angels. And if you've seen some of those warring angels, oh my word, huge. And we're just slightly below them. We're going to have the, pa- the, 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 the power of the age to come. You know when Jesus was, they wanted to drag him out of the cities? In fact, they did drag him out. They took him out of the city to stone him. What does the word say? He walked straight through them. He disappeared. He disappeared. He walked straight through them. They couldn't see him. Where's that Andy Tipper? Oh, I'm just Where's he gone? I want to. Where's he? He was here a minute ago. This is coming to us, where where we will live outside of this dimension. We will not be confined to time and space. We will live out of the dimension. We will live what Einstein tried to discover of the fourth dimension. We're going to live out of it. We're going to be living out of this. We're going to be able to go... Uh, do you know what they're doing in China? Do you know what they're doing to the, the unregistered churches of China? The people in them. Do you know what they're doing them now? Operating on them. Taking parts of their body out. And putting them on the open market for sale. Anybody that's been caught in an unregistered church will be operated on. This is happening. Come on. Wake up. The persecution is already here. But we will rise up with so much light on us. Why do you think for the last four weeks I haven't been able to get away from this message? Because I wanted to prepare you for what God, you will out, you will hitch up your skirt, you will hitch up your breeches, and you will run and overtake the plowman. They won't even have time to sow the seed. You will reap it. 
Are you ready for this? Gordon, I'm sorry there's no retirement. All the, all the Lord's doing for you, Gordon, is retiring you. He's retiring you because you're going to run and not grow weary. You're going to walk and not be faint. Yes? Yes? How many people want this? Yes, stand up. Stand up. Come on, let's get passionate about it. Lord, you, stop, you just start thanking him for what he is about to do. I'm not going to do it from the front. You're going to do it from there. You're going to start thanking him for what he is about to do in you and on you. And that he will tabernacle in you as in the tabernacle of David that will be seen on high hills. And every high hill and every valley will see the light of God shining on you. So you just thank him for that. Come on, thank him in your own way. Thank him in your tongue. Thank him however it is. But Jesus, we want to thank you. It, it is coming, it is coming. I'm reminded of two things about Pensacola. And remember, we're going to have the fullness. Pensacola is just an example and a forerunner. But there are two things that I was reminded of. Is one was the prayer. You know, there was a book written, When the Heavens Sound Like Brass. And when I was uh, praying, I, you know, I've seen the... It, it's again, it's Notre Dame, by the way. Okay? So you remember that the vault is of stone, but that was, you know, and that broke... Yeah, because the glory of the Lord will come and fill the presence of his kingdom. Yeah, the presence of his body. And that's what's going to come. We must pray and see the vault shattered because the glory of the Lord wants to come through more than we want it to come through. That's the glory. And just an example of the power of the age to come. This happened to John Kilpatrick. I've heard him say it. He was seeing arrows of lightning coming out of his finger and as soon as he'd do that, he'd see the arrow go straight to the person. they go bang under the power of God. And they would have revelation of incredible stuff. And he'd just look around and bang. And the, and, the, and the power of God would flow out of him. That's what I want to see through love of the Lord. This isn't power for the sake of power. This is my love for Jesus. And by the way, power and love are the same thing. You can't have, in a sense, power without the love in the kingdom of the age to come, yeah? So we've got to pray and pray and pray for the breakthrough, yeah? Because some of us need breakthrough. Some of us have got those altars, that, that, that roof of stone over us. Some of us have got that. And you know what? The enemy wants to keep it there. And we've got to pray, Lord, you are the Lord of breakthrough, and you are the Lord of breakout to see this come down to see and see what Andy's been preaching about. Amen? So let's pray again, yeah? Let's stand up. You know the song that keeps coming to me. We are the generation. We are the generation. We are the generation. My goodness me, I've heard that said all my saved life. We are the generation. Lord, we pray again. And Lord, we want to say, yes, Lord, we break through that that vault of stone, Lord, to let your glory fall, to see the heavens come down, to see the fire fall, to see the power come, to see the release of the anointing of the Lord upon our lives. And we say, Lord, do it with us. Start here, Lord. We, Lord, offer ourselves as living sacrifices to see you come holy and pleasing to you, which is our spiritual act of worship. Lord, come down. We say, come down. Reign, Lord. You reign here, Lord. You reign in us, Lord. We want to prophesy goodness and health and wealth, Lord. 
and healing and deliverance and salvation that will come down from on high. We want to thank you for that, Lord. This is your good and perfect and pleasing will. And the people said, Amen.